0: Shame is a powerful tool in an enemy's war chest. What shame does to us is to equate a bad event to our own personality. Sometimes the event is minor, sometimes it is a major issue. Either way, shame is based on our perception of perfection. We are creatures who, despite all our flaws, demand perfection in everyone we interact with, including ourselves. We are so self-critical to our actions that we feel shame in our being. However. We need to separate our actions into two categories, and that being guilt or shame. Guilt is the reaction to a bad action. Basically it's saying, I did something bad. Shame, however, is a reflexive internalization to guilt, stating I am bad. One does not always complement the other. However, there are a few circumstances where shame should still be a part of your you know, character because it reminds you of what you were and helps you grow to become better. That being said, sit back for a few minutes as we go through how God removes shame from our character. So to begin with, I have some disappointing news. Shame does not just go away. Many pastors give the impression they can, that you can just bibbity bobbidi boo the shame away. And this is why faith in God and Jesus is waning in our modern era. It does not help that instant gratification is the norm, but shame is a constant work because we internalize and solidify shame into our character. What everybody needs to do is work on three areas that make up shame-based thinking. First, we have to learn that Perfection is totally impossible. I know. Duh. But just to let you know, there were only two people on earth who were perfect, and right now they're not here. (laughs) So that basically leaves you, I, and everyone else imperfect. But perfection is demanded in our lives constantly. Think about it. Family, work, school, sports. You know, even when we relax playing games, perfection just creeps into our thinking. Being a perfectionist will stress yourself and others. Now, to help resolve this impossible ideal, we have to accept our imperfections and take accountability for our errors and failures. I know it's hard, but as you begin to do so, it becomes easier to see that your imperfections are okay and that you can work and accept your errors and failures not only for yourself but to others. Second, we are critical of ourselves we tend to project this critical thinking onto others yeah <laughs> not a good thing if you have ever been around some Christians not all judgment is a part of their character now I do not equate belief with judgment and never do so my beliefs do not give me precedent to judge people a, mi- uh, a basically a minority of Christians think the opposite That said, secular individuals will judge to their heart's content. Again, not all, but it is the squeaky wheel that gets the attention. The court of public opinion will give their judgment with or without facts to back up that judgment. So to stop this shame-based thinking aspect, we need to know that God is the only judge of the world. This does not include constructive criticism, where that is meant to elevate and assist a person to be better, and that does not rule out you know, a court of law, because that takes care of us here on Earth. Now, both aspects mentioned culminate in the final point of shame-based thinking. And this is where we have self-defeating thoughts to destroy our own personal goals, dreams, and opportunities. It can also exacerbate depression where the focus is on the worst possible outcome can lead to self-deletion. Leaning on God and Jesus to divert our attention from self-defeating thoughts and focus on their teaching for us imperfect people are a blessing to you. So how do you know that God wants us to overcome shame? Well, let's look at the book of Isaiah and the one passage that is focused on helping you remove shame from your life. And it goes, Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You'll forget all about the humiliations of your youth, and the indignities of being a widow will fade from memory. Now that last line, you know, about the widows, really doesn't make sense for many of you. But remember, in our youth, we were kind of idiots, and our brain kind of does go, wow, remember that time? Yeah, this is where we have to go. You know, forget all of that. You know, yeah, you did something stupid. <laughs> you know, the present's now. That was in the past. Have we learned from it? Yes, let's move on. And this is what God is saying, you know, in Isaiah. And as you see from Isaiah, shame-based thinking contradicts what God and Jesus knows about you. You are imperfect. God and Jesus knows this and still accepts you as you are. God never sees you as inadequate, but sees the full potential of your heart. Now, I know this sounds familiar because it's the Darth Vader Redemption arc. Okay, and we all know this one. If not, let me give you a little breakdown here. Luke knows his father is a good person. While Palpatine corrupted Anakin, stating how bad Anakin is. And Anakin falls into the trap by carrying out many of these bad deeds. Now, what about you listening out there? Well, many of you will equate yourself as Darth Vader, conflicted by what the world has told you and what God knows about you. But in the end, and... In Return of the Jedi, it is Vader's focus on his son that creates the final resolution. This is your moment to focus on the words that God is telling about you instead of what the world sees telling you who you are. Now to start, talk to yourself daily. I know it sounds scary, but you know, talk to yourself daily and repeat the following statements. I am not bad. Because of Christ, I am forgiven. I am not sick. Because of Christ, I am healed. I am not broken. Because of Christ, I am reborn. I am not disgusting. Because of Christ, I am loved. A prime example of these reaffirmations mentioned comes from Joshua. Joshua. For context, in this passage, the Israelites were enslaved for 430 years in Egypt. You know, this is the story of Exodus. So God speaks to Joshua because the people are still holding on to the shame of enslavement they have in Egypt. Even though at this time, they're now free. And God says to Joshua... Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. That's why the place is called the Gilgal. It's still called that. Now to let you know, Gilgal is the first camp after the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. Gilgal is the memorial camp, a memorial to remind people of what God has done to help free them from Egypt. Whenever you restate the four daily affirmations, either quietly to yourself or out loud, this is your Gilgal. You will remember what you were and the place where you begin removing your shame. Hold your head up high and walk in your new future with God and Jesus at your side. Until next time.